Jenny's coming. She had a dream this week that I wanted her to share, and I felt like we really needed to respond to this, pray about this. So go ahead and let her, let her rip there. In the dream, I was sitting in a room with Don Potter, and he, he was um, talking about the gathering, and he said, there's destiny on this place. And he said, and somebody needs to say it. And um, then it, the dream fast forward and we were in this building and it was already expanded some, like all the way around it had been pushed back. And there was a lot more people in here as well. And Ray Hughes was speaking and he, he hit his hand down on the um, podium really hard. He was very passionate and he said, there's destiny in this place. And he said, and you need to prepare now. And he was saying word for word what, he, what Don was saying in private, but he was expressing it to the body. And um, he said, it's time to prepare now. And the word that came out of that, he said, make sure that you prepare in the spirit first. And then the physical will automatically happen. Um, and all of a sudden, he said, he said, he hit it again, and he said, now go. And when he said, now go, everybody just began to get up. And there were like footprints on the floor, but they were like the inner soles of the shoe, people's shoes. And they were stuck all to the floor leading out, kind of like to maybe suggest expansion. But the people, all of us, started like pulling them up off of the floor, like getting them off and removing them. And I felt like the Lord said that the souls were like this, represented the soulish nature or like the carnal nature of not to build in the way that we should think first and or in anybody else's footsteps because what god is wanting to do is brand new here and that's it <laughs> man thank you guys hey that's a powerful word now let's respond to that so lord we just we say yes and amen lord we want to not be hearers but be doers and uh, so, Lord, we just agree. We say yes, go, get up. We believe. We, we will not walk after the souls of, uh, uh, Lord, whatever that meant, in the flesh, in the soulish realm. We cast that off, and uh, we refuse to walk after other men. We walk after the Spirit. But, Lord, we believe that uh, there's destiny on this place. Destiny on every life, every family, everyone you brought here. Lord, those you will bring here. Lord, we believe destiny in Moravian Falls. And so we say, come forth destiny in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Here's part B. In Jesus' name. Well, that just reminded me one other thing, what JT was saying, preparing in the spirit. I think it was symbolic that it was Don and Ray because they preach on presence and prayer. So that just preparing in his presence and in prayer. So, Amen. The Praise the Lord. Thank you, worship team. Appreciate you guys. Give them a hand for coming. And, uh, we're just, we have some awesome worshipers. Now, I've got a word this morning, and I, I really want us to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. You know, one day when it's all said and done, and I'm an old guy, wrinkled up somewhere, I'm going to look back and stand in awe of what God did. I, I'm just, I, this is an incredible journey. And it began, I, I'm, I'm old school. When, when I surrendered to the call of God up at Ridgecrest when I was 19 years old, I told you I laid my Bible out and I got on my knees. I really believed that I was going to, when I preached the book, it was God's word. I believed it. And I made that commitment and and I'm going to be back. I'm going to look. We're going to be amazed at these times. That's what I'm trying to say. You're going to be amazed at what God did in your life during this season and time in history. You say, God, how did you do that? How did you do that? In spite of me, in spite of us. You know, he does things in spite of us. Or really because of us. Because of our weakness. We boast in our weaknesses that the power of Christ would rest upon us. Well, there are two things I heard in my spirit recently about 10 days ago so one of them was and i'll i'll tell you in a minute about that one but but something else that we're really to get ready for well let me tell you the first thing the first thing was don't grow weary don't grow weary there'll be so much news there'll be so many things happening so fast you almost will feel like you're on overload 
and you can become very weary. Don't grow weary. Keep doing good things. Keep trusting. Keep praying. In fact, we got to increase that. We need a spirit of intercession coming over us like never before. But don't grow weary. And, and I purpose. I'm going to prophesy over you, okay? Can I do that? You will not grow weary. You will not grow weary. You will reap because you're not going to faint. Everybody in agreement. I'm not going to faint. Now, he told us that for a purpose. Don't faint. You will reap if you do not. And I believe that. And listen, I don't care how hard it gets. Deborah was touching on it. How much resistance we get. Billy Graham, I saw, bless his heart. What is he, 90, 90, 99, I don't know, 98, 97, 6, whatever. But he, he's getting, coming out with a message for the American church. It's going to be in Decision Magazine this month. And it is. You know what his message is? Prepare for persecution. That's what Billy Graham is telling the church. Well, I want you to know the Lord will bring order out of chaos, light out of the midst of darkness, and life in the threat of death. And um, we got to keep our eyes on Jesus and also on what he's doing. All these Bibles I've had, this is another thing in my journey. I've had all these Bibles I've worn out. And I, I've written from time to time little quotes, you know, in the front of the Bible that really spoke to me. Maybe I was at a conference or somebody, whatever. Well, somebody sent me some things. I hadn't written these in my Bible. I need to. But uh, just some things about revival. He said, Revi here's what D.M. Panton, Panton, I don't even know who he is. He said, revival is the inrush of the spirit into the body that threatens to become a corpse. I like e D.M. Patton. Did you know the Moravian movement was on the verge of becoming a corpse in Heronhut? And they caught a vision for prayer, and they began to pray, and the Holy Spirit showed up, and they went into a 100-year-plus prayer meeting that we're hearing about, and the missions exploded. Uh, Charles Finney said, power on high is the supreme need of the day. Here's an author unknown. I hadn't met him yet, but he's an author unknown. No man is ever fully accepted until he has, first of all, been utterly rejected. Did you hear that, JT? That's true. How many of you found that? You're not accepted until you're utterly rejected, and you see how you respond to it. And then, this is a good one. The man, Joseph Parker, whoever he is, the man whose little sermon is, quote, repent, sets himself against his age and will for the time being be battered mercilessly by the age whose moral tone he challenges. There is but one end for such a man, off with his head. So you had better not try to preach repentance until you have pledged your head to heaven. I like that quote. I'm going to put that one in this Bible. I'm... So, Lord, we pledge our heads to heaven. There's, that's a serious prayer. I'm telling you, especially in this time. Lord, we pledge our heads. How many of you would do that? Lord, to not deny you, but to represent you, to stand for you, I pledge my head to heaven. And I will not retreat to the enemies of the cross. I don't care how many weapons they have. My weapons are not carnal. I got weapons, let me tell you. They pulled down strongholds. Okay, I really got a word. You guys with me? I'm a little bit, um, I don't know what I am, but I just feel it all over. Maybe it's the fire up here. Man, what is this? You're going to have to call the fire department. I'm telling you, I'm just. We are the fire department. Yeah, we are. <laughs> this is really good, God. There is a fire. Oh, God. I believe he's going to send an awakening to America. The fire of God is coming on the church. We're going to arise. We're going to awake. We are awaking. We are arising. Well, last time we were together, we looked at John 16. I want to do a little bit of review because some of you weren't here. And if you weren't, you get reviewed. No, you don't, but there's a little review. But I want to bounce off because to me, every message is like, in my own life, it's like a journey. I look back and I see the things, it's like a journey. 
And I never missed it because I was always the one, you know, when I did preach. I was, so I got in this journey. And I'm, I'm watching this stuff fit together. And it's mind-boggling to me. God, you must be real. He is real. I mean, you know what I mean? He's really real. This is not just a uh, religious thing. This thing's real. But look in John 16. I want to look at it again. And um, this is a journey, not a church, just a church meeting thing. This is about a movement of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and last week we talked about what happens when the Spirit comes. And so look, I want to read this again. Look in verse 8. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. That is the sin, isn't it? That people fail to believe, receive Jesus. But also it's the sin that keeps us from entering into the promises. Unbelief. We get into unbelief and we can't inherit the promise. But of sin because they do not believe. Of righteousness because I go to my Father. And you see me no more. Of judgment. Because the ruler of this world is judged. That hit me again this week when I heard two things. I heard that Chick-fil-A has backed off of their stand. Remember, senior Chick-fil-A CEO died. The younger son has taken over. He has apologized for their taking a stand on marriage. And I wondered, God, what's happening? Then I saw the attack on Hobby Lobby. Have you seen that? The administration has declared war against Hobby Lobby. Why? Because the Green family is a godly family. They're Christian family. Their business, they surrendered to, to Jesus. And they're under attack right now. And I thought, you know, before I criticize too quick Chick-fil-A, they probably were threatened like Hobby Lobby, but Hobby Lobby hadn't backed down. And I'm telling you, we got to be ready in this hour. You got it. If they're coming for Chick-fil-A, if they're coming for Hobby Lobby, they will come for you. They will come for me. And God's looking for those that will stand even though when they come, they'll still be standing. But we need to pray. Let's just do that real quick. God, thank you for the Green family. Bless Hobby Lobby. God, thank you for their refusal to back off of the cross. They believe in marriage, God forbid. They believe the truths that we see in the Word. Help them to stand. Be strong. Let them be strong, God the Green family. And Lord, we ask you, wait a minute, we declare every weapon fashioned against Hobby Lobby, we declare condemned in the name of Jesus according to your word. And we pray the written judgments. God, we ask you to expose the assault against them. Let it be turned around. God, deliver Hobby Lobby from evil, we pray. God, turn it around, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. We speak confusion to the heart of the enemy, and we pray, God, you would cause their righteousness to shine as the noonday. And let them come out of it unscathed, even blessed. God, we ask for increase in Hobby Lobby's, all their monies. Oh, Lord, bring increase. Bless them, God. Cause people to go to Hobby Lobby. They don't even know why they're showing up. Do it, Lord. Do it. In Jesus' name. And we need to declare the ruler of this world is judged. Now, I'm telling you, the devil's waiting for the church to rise up and say that. Believe that. Walk it out. The Holy Spirit convinces us of that. And then he goes on, I still have many things to say to you. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So here's just a review, the points. He comes to convict of sin. We need that. The conviction of sin. Convicting or convincing is the same word of righteousness, of who Jesus is, that he is the son of the living God. And then that the ruler of this world has been judged. He will guide us into all truth, and he will show us things to come. Are you listening? He's showing us things to come right now. And then the Spirit will glorify Jesus. Why will the Holy Spirit show us things to come? Here's your test for today. Why? Why? Look, in, it's in the book. 
16, verse 1. These things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to what? Stumble. So when they happen, you will not stumble. And before that, he talks about he sent the helper, the Holy Spirit. And he's our helper, not the doer. I often hear Rick saying that. He's the helper. The church is called to do the great work, a great work in this day. But he's our helper. Okay, now, I, I've heard people say, that guy over there in Moravia Falls, he doesn't preach, prof- I mean, he doesn't, he's not prophetic. I've heard people say that. And, and I've thought about it. I said, wait a minute. It, just because you don't prophesy personal prophecy, you can. That's just one way. Did you know there's prophetic intercession? Did you know there's prophetic worship? Did you know there's prophetic preaching? That's, people used to prophesy that over me before I even knew what prophecy was. What are you talking about, prophetic preaching? I wrote one of those in my Bible too. It just means God speaking. That's why I can't get away from it. I could never get in the pulpit thinking that I'm not saying what he's saying at that moment. Now, I may miss it. I'm flesh and blood. But I'm going to believe it because by faith, you know, you just got to have a little faith in this. Well, I could read a lot more, but I really want to get to where we're going. But we got to get to where we're going. Now, I promised last week that I would share this dream that I had about a harvest coming from the left. I got to go back. It is a dream that I had that I shared with you, but it was premature. Forgive me, because I didn't have the full understanding. But now I can see a little bit clearer. This is the prophetic. Are you ready? In the dream, I told you I saw this soldier. He represented the United States military, severely, if not mortally wounded. And I saw this in the dream. And um, all of a sudden, the four songs that represent the branches of military, they came into my mind. And I even woke up. I told you, I woke up with those songs in my mind from, you know, the halls of Montezuma. I was thinking about all that stuff. But in the dream, I looked over. There was a guy on the other side and on the right, and they were blacked out. I couldn't really tell who they were, but they were there. But the guy to the left was weeping uncontrollably, broken, weeping. And the thought came to me, be ready to give a reason for the hope that is in you. Now, I'm going to explain that in just a moment. But, you know, if you're listening at all to the news You see what China is doing, building up militarily. You see this week, Russia, a a jet, what, 500 yards? Was that what it was? Over over one of our naval ships. There are things happening. Uh, In fact, I read one headline that China said they are not afraid to take us on. And all this stuff is going on. I don't know if the liberal news media is talking about it or not. But I, I read other sources, true news and things like that, and I'm, I'm listening to all this stuff. It's like the whole world is getting ready for World War III. Iran is going to send a fleet into the Atlantic Ocean. So you got China, Iran, Russia, all these things happening. While we are continuing to cut our military, purge them of anybody that's godly, I mean, do in crazy, stupid Absolutely unbelievable things. And I say, man, God, this is, maybe that dream you gave me, maybe I need to pay attention. Do you know that if the Lord shows you a sword is coming and you don't warn the people, you know what's going to happen? He said the blood, I will hold it to your account if you don't warn them as a watchman. Now, stay with me, it does get better. It really gets better. It's just like, Life, you, you just endure, you stand firm, and the end, glory. You walk in glory in the midst of this life. It's just, you know, there is sometimes a few challenges along the way. So let me, let me show you something over. Are you guys patient today? I'm not going to be a long time, but I want to get all this out because it's like a fire in my bones. I've been reading Jeremiah. Jeremiah, he said, I've got a fire in my bones. One more story. I remember the day I was at a conference in Waco, Texas. No, no, no. Fort Worth, Texas. That one. 
And um, I said, God, if I'm going to preach this gospel, light my tongue on fire. Send a fire. And I saw a vision of an angel that got coals from the altar and came and hit me in the mouth. That was really cool. That was, to a young guy, that was pretty cool. You know what I mean? Guess what? It was real. It was real. He really has set us. He put a fire within us. Now, Jeremiah chapter 18. I'll move quick. You listen quick. Okay? Is that a plan? Because we, we got stuff going on today. But look in Jeremiah 18. talks about the potter and the clay. And um, the Lord says, I'm going to cause you to hear my words. And the word of the Lord came to him. He says, can I not do with you as I did with this potter's vessel? It became ruined in the hands of the potter. Verse 7. The instance, now what? listen to this. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down, and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. And the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plan it, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good which I said I would benefit it. And then he goes on, you can read the rest. Verse 12, the prophet says, oh God, this is hopeless. I mean, what's going on here? But it's not hopeless. There are answers. Now look back in Jeremiah chapter 4. Now I'm going to read this and then launch into what, because we've got to have something. We're going somewhere today. Stay with me about the war part. We'll get through it. He's the, the prince of peace. But we've got to have something for this hour. We're not here just, you know, making time. This is real life. This is real stuff. I don't know why others aren't preaching this word, preparing their people for the times. They're going to be held accountable. That's all I know. You know, I, I hear this, well, you got to preach the whole counsel of God. You know what we interpreted that as? Preaching the supernatural and the gifts. Now, that is part of it. But it's much more than that. If you don't want to know what's going on in this hour, don't read Jeremiah. Don't read Isaiah. Don't read Daniel. Don't read Amos. Don't read Nahum. Don't read Joel. Don't read Matthew, especially chapter 24. Don't read Revelation. Listen, the whole counsel of God is also all the Bible. It's the whole thing, not just the supernatural. It is the supernatural. We're going to need that. It's the whole counsel of God. That's something else along the way in my journey. I surrendered. God, I don't care what it costs me. I don't care if anybody listens. I'm going to preach the whole counsel of this book. And sometimes I may lean a little bit more one way because others aren't doing it. But I want to get the whole thing. I preach the good stuff too. It's not just about blessings. It's about taking up our cross the blessing in the cross is dying to yourself. That's the blessing in the cross. I, boy, I tell you, oh, God, I wish I could. T There's a lot of stuff going on right now. Feathers. And, and I'm not putting all that down, but I heard a friend of mine said, angels don't molt. I said, God, but some of my good friends say that they see, ain't, they see feathers. And they're good friends. I don't know which is which. I guess we'll ask him. When we get there, God, do angels molt? Do they drop feathers? Lord, does that happen? And even if it does, what does that have to do with your taking up your cross daily? That may be a distraction. You may think, well, I don't have to take up my cross today because an angel molted in front of me. He said, you know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to be real. I better stay the subject. All right. I'm going to get in some heap of trouble now. You know what I mean? That's all right. I don't mind that. I'm toward my latter years. Well, no, I'm not. I rebuke that. I resemble that. But you know, and I mean, I've been preaching a long time. So I'm just talking about I'm probably going the other way. So it's okay. Anyway, verse 5. Declare in Judah and proclaim in Jerusalem and say. Now remember, whatever was written beforehand was written for our example on whom the ends of the ages have come. I mean, if you know that. We're in agreement. Blow the trumpet in the land. 
Cry, gather together, and say, Assemble yourselves, and let us go into the fortified cities. Set up the standard toward Zion. Take refuge. Do not delay, for I will bring disaster from the north and great destruction. The lion has come up from his thicket. Did you know that one of the symbols of China is the lion? The lion. They put these lions at the entrance of temples and in, you know, palaces and uh, important sites and all of this kind of stuff. But there's another lion that we're putting our trust in. The lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the one with the biggest roar. Earthly lions have a little roar. The lion of heaven has a big roar. A big one. All right. So anyway, he says, the lion has come up to make your land desolate. For this, verse 8, clothe yourself with sackcloth, lament, and wail. What does that mean? Repent. Repent. If there's a message to America right now, it is repent. While there is time, turn to the living God. I mean, that is the message. For the fierce anger of the Lord is not turned back from us. And it shall come to pass that day, says the Lord, that the heart of the king shall perish, and the hearts of the princes, the priests, shall be astonished, and the prophets shall wonder. What are the prophets going to wonder? Well, those who did not preach the whole counsel of God, they're going to wonder. Look in verse 10. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, surely you've greatly deceived the people. And Jerusalem, saying, you shall have peace, whereas the sword reaches to the heart. That's how there will be prophets stunned in that day. Prophets of peace. All they knew was peace, peace, peace. And when the sword comes, they'll say, God, you've deceived your people. No, he hadn't deceived anyone. You wouldn't preach the whole counsel of God's word. You didn't prepare the people. You didn't read all of Jeremiah. You just read the bless me part. Does that make sense? Tell me, there will be some really popular prophets in that day that will stand before a holy God. And their feathers will not cause them any virtue whatsoever when they stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Oh, man, I'm going where I didn't plan on going. But I, I, I told the Lord I'd take my tongue out of my head and put it in here. i am really got to get going, though. So here's what he says, verse 14. Oh, Jerusalem, wash your hearts from wickedness that you may be saved. You know the problem with the feather thing is there's no repentance about it. You think about it. It makes you feel really good, excited. Wow, a feather floated in front of me. But listen, repentance is far more valuable. It'll save a nation. Oh, man, why don't they let me preach this at a conference? <laughs> I know they won't. Oh, yeah, I am on the Internet. That you may be safe. How long shall your evil thoughts lodge within you? Make mention to the nations. Proclaim against Jerusalem that watchers come from a far country. They're in our, they're in our shores. They're coming. They're in the Atlantic. They're, man, they're all over. Like keepers of the field. But look in verse 18. Your ways and your doings have procured these things for you. This is your wickedness because it is bitter because it reaches to your heart. Oh, my soul. My, you should read all this, guys. My heart makes a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace. This was Jeremiah. Because you have heard, oh, my soul, the sound of the trumpet and the alarm of war. And then you go back to verse 14. Here's the answer. Oh, Jerusalem, wash your heart from wickedness that you may be saved. I, I, you know, we're focused on the uh, voice of the martyrs. And I saw this poster they sent. And this guy, on the poster it said, we prayed for revival. We got war. That's how revival came to that land. Through war. I don't know all of God's ways, but I know he's big. Let me explain the dream, then i got to get to this. i got to impart. I don't know the timing, but war is coming. America will suffer a great defeat. There will be many casualties. Why? Because blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Cursed is that nation whose God is no longer the Lord. It's just a matter of thus saith the Lord. 
It's not anybody placing a curse. You just read the Bible. Much of the that's why they can't read because it sounds like a curse, I guess. But all branches of the military are going to be involved. We were listening to a friend of ours this last week. They had a conference call, and she kept talking about how she had a friend who said, now all the branches of our military are getting in position. They're not telling us on the news, but they're getting in position. And she kept saying, all branches, all branches. And I went, oh, God, I just saw that. All branches, all branches. And I knew that was the confirmation. But also, when war breaks out, there is a harvest coming from the left. Not everybody on the left's lost. A lot of them are just hung up in something bizarre. They believe the lies. And I'm telling you, God loves them so much, he's going to allow their, their cookie jar to be broken. And they're going to weep, and we'll be able to give them a reason for the hope that is within us. A harvest is coming out of the left. So if your son or your daughter has ventured into that, that stream, don't give up on them. Our harvest is coming from the left in this nation. But it won't be without great cost. A billion souls. Bob Jones is buried over here. He prophesied. No, he came back. The Lord promised him he would see a billion souls. Now, he didn't see it, but guess what? He touched our lives. He touched us. That's why the great cloud of witnesses are depending on us to finish our race. God, do it. Now, just one more little review. Remember last week we talked about General William Booth? This will get into what I'm going. But he, there were things he said to beware of in our day. Beware the day when there would be politics without God, and we went into that. In detail, you should get that message. I was waiting on delivering that for years. And last week, we had visitors from England. It was perfect. It's like, God, you're awesome. <laughs> Man, you're awesome. He really is telling us what to say, as long as we're listening. And then the second thing, beware of a day where there would be heaven without hell. And we emphasize the wrath of God is not coming. It has come. It says in Romans 1.18, it is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. He, he didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to a world that's condemned already. And the condemnation is that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light. Remember, hell was created for the devil and his angels, but it was created. I've heard people say there's no hell. Well, maybe they know more than I know. All I know is what God said. Number three, beware of a day where forgiveness without repentance. You know, we want to be forgiven. If there's no repentance, there is no forgiveness. It is not some blanket thing we can throw out. It's the Holy Spirit gripping our heart, convicting us, us of sin, and then turning to him. Beware of salvation without regeneration. You must be born again. There are people in churches all over America right now. They have been religious. They've been confirmed. They've been sprinkled. They've been washed. But they are on in line to break hell's gates wide open. They have never been born again. You must be born again, born from above. It is something that happens. The Holy Spirit convicts you of sin. You recognize it and you turn to him, the only answer. Then beware of religion without the Holy Spirit. It's a form of godliness, but they deny the power. Beware of Christianity without Christ. And then beware of conversion without conviction. Now look over in Matthew 24. Say, I'm with you. You can't, don't go anywhere yet. Hang on. Look at this. I'm going to get out of the mess I made earlier. You wouldn't want to go out right now and just say, all he talked about is a war coming. Man, that's not. That's hopeless. That's what Jeremiah said. you got to go beyond that. All right, look in verse 6, Matthew 24. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. So guess what? I'm in line with what he said. They're in red. See that you are not, what? Troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. So look over in verse 14. The end 
What are we getting ready for? This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as witness, evidence given, signs and wonders. Then the end will come. How are you going to get in on that? Verse 13, you must endure to the end. If you're going to be a part of a last day, harvesters. But notice in verse 12, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Not only did we've heard warnings, prophetic warnings, but also Jesus gave a warning. And his warning was, don't let your love grow cold. Now, I told you there are two things I'd heard. Don't grow weary, but also I got a warning. I was waking up one morning, and I, I, I heard the Lord say, don't lose your lighthouse, your lampstand. Don't lose your lampstand. That's what I heard. You, and then you know what happened. Remember the storm, Joaquin? You know, there were some people say, well, we kept it offshore. And God heard our prayers. He probably did. But at the same time, a ship sunk out there somewhere around Bermuda, right? Where was that? Somewhere out in that way. In the care. Oh, it sunk somewhere. But anyway, it, yes, the Bahamas. It sunk. Do you know the, I don't forget the name, but the, the meaning of that name was lighthouse. Now, my thought was, oh, God, does that mean America has lost? It's no longer a lighthouse. Now, that's one of the meanings. We become Babylon, spreading all kinds of filth to all the nations. But anyway, but the Lord quickly gripped my heart. He said, but wait a minute. Judgment begins at the house of God. When I said, don't lose your lighthouse, I'm talking to you. Now, look over in Rev, um, Revelation chapter 2. This is where we'll end up. Revelation chapter 2. God wants to do something. He wants to release the something of the spirit we're going to have to have in this hour if we're going to survive. But do more than survive. If we're going to do his will. That's what we've been called for. We're not backing up. We're going to occupy. We are going to obey the master. We will follow the lamb wherever he goes. And uh, that's going to be some tough places. But look at this. To the angel. No, I was going to read out of my Amplified. You guys got a second? I, listen to this out of the Amplified. It's much better. To the angel, the messenger of the assembly in Ephesus, write these things. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars, which are the messengers of the seven churches in his right hand, who goes about among the seven golden lampstands, which are the seven churches. I know your industry. Now listen to this. Your activities. Your laborious toil and trouble and your patient endurance. In other words, there's something higher than enduring all things. You've been in ministry 30-something years. You've endured stuff. That ain't, that's not the standard. There's a higher standard. So let's go on. What is it? Because he said, well, hey, that's pretty commendable. And how you cannot tolerate wicked men. And right now, we can't tolerate what we see happening in our nation, among our nation's leaders. We can't tolerate it. I mean, it, you know, I don't know we can't do a lot about it, but pray. But in, are you like me? It's like, God, I can't tolerate this stuff. This is evil. Don't they know he's lying out of his teeth? God, stop him in his tracks. I'm, you know, we're trying to be loving and kind. And <laughs> send fire. No, you can't. You gotta, you know, you don't send fire. Yes, yeah, send fire revival. If you revive the church, it'll take care of itself. Oh, all right. You can't tolerate and have tested and critically appraised those who call themselves apostles, special messengers of Christ, and yet they're not. You found them to be imposters and liars. I know that you, now watch this, verse 3. I know that you're enduring patiently and are bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not fainted or become exhausted or you've grown weary. Well, that's a good thing, isn't it? But I have this one charge to make against you, that you have abandoned. You've left the love that you had at first. You've deserted me, your first love. Remember then from what heights you have fallen. Repent. Do the first works. 
that you previously did when you first knew the Lord, or else I will visit you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you change your mind and repent. Then he talks about the works or the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Do you know what the deeds of the Nicolaitans, we'll get into this later, but you know the one word when you see Nicolaitan, it means compromise. What they did was this evil system, this tyrannical system came into power, and if you were going to have a business, you had to bow to the politically correct activities of that hour or you could lose your business. You could lose your fortune. You wouldn't be able to provide food for your families. You could lose your job if you didn't bow to the idols of that hour. Sexually, perversion. Study it out. It is absolutely amazing. It's like, God, you must have known this is the hour in which we would live today. This is what Chick-fil-A is facing. This is what Hobby Lobby is facing. This is what we all will face but those who do not, they hate. In fact, the Lord says, I hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans too. And those who overcome, they will receive the morning star. There's a lot there, guys. You're going to have to study that one out. But I'm telling you, it's 2015 straight out of the book. Now, but they had to have love. Now, the concern of the Lord in this hour is that we do not lose our first love. We cannot allow anything to take it because there'll be a whole bunch of stuff trying to grab it from us. Challenges, trials. So here are four things I'm going to mention, then we're going to pray. There's the constraint of the love. Remember, it says, for we, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, for we are besides ourselves, it is for God. It is for you. The love of Christ compels us. The love of Christ compels us. True Christianity is based on our identification with him. I am crucified with Christ. No longer, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave his life for me. That's identification with him. But we're compelled by that act that he did for us. We need that again. We need that constraining, compelling love of God to come over us in this hour. How many of you would say amen? amen. We're going to ask him to do that in a minute. Compelled by the love of Christ. Now, when you are compelled, you'll do stuff you never thought you'd do. You, you do stuff you once thought were, was foolish. But when you're compelled, man, I'm in love. i got to do that. Did you know what I'm talking about? we got to have that. Say, I'm going to have it. And then the next thing is, and remember Paul, he said, I'm a prisoner of him. we got to have that. Not ashamed. Then there's the challenge. Matthew 5, you've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. They must have said that in those days. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes the sun to rise on the just and the unjust. There's story after story after story today of believers. They have been our pioneers in Iraq and Syria and Afghanistan and all over who refused to deny their faith. And they lost it all, but they would not deny Jesus. And I'm telling you, it's an example. It is one way that we will prove that we are sons of the Most High. It's one way. When you will not refuse and you love your enemies when they are about to remove your head. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road. How many of us are there? God, get us there. How Are we going to make it? This is it, guys. You need the real gospel in this hour. You can get a fake gospel if you want it. It'll make you feel really good about yourself. We need people trembling at the word of God again. The church in America's lost it. The charismatic church especially. They're caught up in angels, caught up in every phenomena. The cross is the greatest phenomena. It's the greatest phenomena. And he said, not only did he die, we have to die. It'll be tested. Those who will take up their cross from those who will make a mockery of it. 
in this hour. And then there's love's command, a new love, John 13. I give you that you should love one another, that you love one another, and by this you will prove that you're my disciples. That's the hard one. Boy, Bob left us a great example, didn't he? Remember, did you learn to love? I went back to that this week thinking, God, that really is important. Did you learn to love? You know, a lot of people are not going to make it. They never learn to love. They didn't learn it. Loving one another is the hardest thing. Then there's love's commission. Luke 10, behold, a, a lawyer stood up, tested him. Teacher, what shall we do to inherit eternal life? He said, well, what's written? Just do what it said. Why don't you read it? And you find out what you could do. He said, so he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And I thought about, you know, when you love God that, that much, there's nothing you won't give up. There's nothing you won't do. There's nowhere you won't go. There's no price too high. And I had to ask myself, God, do I really love you with all my heart, all my soul, mind, will, emotions, all my strength, all my mind? I had to be honest with you. I said, God, I don't know if I love you that much. I don't know. God, this all means all. That's a pretty big word. I had to come to God, I can't. With all my mind, with all my strength, with all my And then he reminded me, son, that's the answer. You answered correctly. You can't. But I can. It takes God to love God. It takes God. It's going to take God in this hour when they're about ready to behead you to say, I love you. I forgive you. Jesus died for you. And I, I don't know if I can pray when I get there or not, but I'm telling you, I'm going to believe you're going to come to Jesus before this life is over. It's going to, you, you got that kind of love in you? I don't. Maybe me, maybe. They take my wife, my, my son or my daughter. God, I'm going to need love that I've never known before. God wants to give it to us. Karen A. Ravenscroft. She used to be a part of our community family. She called me before she moved off to California and wanted to meet with us. She said she had a word for the gathering. She said, I saw that you have to yield to this. You have to ask for it. Because a calling is an invitation to say yes to the calling. Many of the called, few of the chosen. The chosen are those who said yes, and they walked in the door. But she said, I saw God wanted to send flames of love. Flames. It will burn up everything. It will consume everything. Our God is a consuming fire. But it will be the love that you need for this hour. Now it's up to you. Do you want it? That love is not found on the earth. It's not found in some relationship. It is found with the relationship of God. That's it. It's him. It's him. But it's going to cost us everything to be consumed with the love of God for this hour. But it is those who God will use to bring in a billion souls. So that's my message. But now we have to respond. And, and here's the invitation. You say, God, first of all, Lord, I don't know that I love you that way. God, forgive me. Just, for, Lord, forgive me for not loving you with all my heart, mind, soul, strength, everything I've got. Lord, it takes you to love me, to love you. So, Lord, come, forgive me and fill me and ignite me with the love for this hour, a love for you, a love for my enemies, a love for the loss, a love for you like I've never known in my entire life. If that's you, I want you to come and just, just stand somewhere around the altar or in the aisle. It, this means response. We have to respond to this because I don't know what it looks like. It's like that guy that said, Lord, we prayed for revival and we got war. 
And so we're going to pray for the love of God. I don't know what it's going to look like. But I want it. I want that kind of love. So go ahead and just start worshiping. Boy, that last song was awesome that you did. Lord, we love you. We bless you. Oh, God. Just worship him. Just confess. Just say, God, forgive me. Let him, let him show you. Lord, search our hearts. Search our Search us and try us. And see if there be any wicked way within us, God. God, search us to where we've not loved you with all of our heart, all of our soul, our mind, will, emotions. We've not loved you with all our strength, our time. God, I don't know. I can't. Lord, it's so hard. The pull of the world is so great. God, forgive us. Have mercy. God, have mercy on the church. Forgive us. God, we've let other lovers entertain us and demand our time and our attention. The Lord calls that spiritual adultery. That's what he calls that. So, God, we repent. We're the adulteresses in the world. We've been pointing our fingers at the world. We're the ones. It's the church filled with adultery. God, have mercy. Forgive us. Let conviction come. God, root out those things that we can't dig up ourselves. God, do it. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. Break us, God. God, if you don't break us, we can't break ourselves. This is an impossible task. God, we want you. Lord, we want to encounter your presence. We want to fall in love with you again. We want to go back to our first love. The way it was, but way greater. So just ask him. Say, God, bring me back to my first love. And I dethrone every other lover. Just, just see yourself beheading the, the other lovers, the things. You know what I'm talking about. Idols, time, things, whatever. God, we dethrone. We cast it off. Every other lover. Every other lover. Be gone from my life. I divorce you in Jesus' name. Every other lover. So just see yourself issuing a certificate of divorce to every, everything that's competed with the love of God in your life and in my life. Just it's a certificate. God says you can do that one. That's one I'll bless. Right now he's blessing that. Lord, we divorce. Divorce. God, you got to help. 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 Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, help. You're the helper. And I just ask him, say, God, fill me again with first love. First love for you. And I thank you for doing it. Because it takes God to love God. So we ask now. Now, Lord, I'm asking for what Karen A. spoke. Precious young girl. Lord, would you just, I received that word. I ask you for flames of love. I ask you for the fire of love. The fire of love. God, it's not of this earth. It's of the love of God. We ask you to consume us with the flames of the love of God that would burn us, consume us, and then send us with a love that cannot be denied and will not rep repent, revoke, turn back. God, do it. Lord, for this hour in American history, raise up an army of lovers of Jesus that when they look at us, they will, they will be convicted. They will not be able to stand. They'll see in us what the persecutors saw in Stephen because we're going to look and we're going to see your glory all about us all about us over us about us the glory this is it this is that glory it will come at an hour that you think not and when it will 
be the highest price. Well, Lord, we already are willing. How many of you are willing to pay the highest price? Lord, it's, hey, this is our, hey, we sell out. We're not back, backing down. We're selling out to the highest price. We give it up. We lay it down, our lives, our hopes, our dreams. We lay it down. We say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Say yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. There's an anointing coming right now. There's a fire. There are flame. Angels are in this place. And they're, they're coming and they're just releasing little flames of fire. No, no little. Big. We don't like little around here. Big. We want a big fire. Big flame. Big flame. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God. Let the love of God explode out of our lives. The love of God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Lord, we forgive anyone that's judged us, hurt us, criticized us. we got to do that. We've got to make sure anybody that's wronged us, we forgive them. Just say, Lord, I forgive them. Anybody that judged me, I just forgive them. I bless them. I forgive anybody that's wronged me. I release it. I release them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.